0: Broadcasting live from
1: the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jets with Brent Martino. He didn't want to take away reps from Blaine and uh, Kyle and as well as Griff as far as going into these next two games and it's something he needs to handle. We trust him. We talked about it. It was like it was scheduled way before training camp and he will not be here until after Tennessee. Yeah, if he didn't have the years and the experience that the guy has and comes in and works diligently, I would definitely be concerned. It's a personal issue, and that, that's, that's all I can tell you. I told you. Here's the problem. Here's here's why it's a lie. That's that was Todd you. Bowles, right? That is Todd Bowles. Yeah. Here's why it's a lie.
0: Because you don't like Todd
1: Bowles. Personal, personal issue. Okay. You don't want to talk about it. That's fine. It's his business. How do you schedule it before training camp? Playing
0: surgery, bro. One of the family members. Guaranteed. Is
1: that, down, is that your out. theory?
0: Actually, no. My theory. Thanks for asking, Brent. Appreciate it. My theory is this. Do you know who owns Manchester United?
1: Yeah, Glazers.
0: Do you know who else they own? The Bucks. Yeah, bingo. Now, everybody's very upset with how Manchester United has been handled with the players they've signed or haven't signed. Cristiano Ronaldo wants out. There's a big thing there. Tom Brady and Ronaldo have a very good relationship. I think they're... They're going to push the Glazers out of Manchester United either way. They're going to force to sell. I think they're selling to Brady.
1: He doesn't have the money for it. On a deal. He would not need time out of camp. Yes, you would. To buy Manchester United. You got to go over there. You got to sign some players. I'm so Manchester you. United is probably like a $4.5 billion club. Hey, and by the way, he's got late, some people in. Like, like why would you do that now? Do it in, like, March. It was planned, right? You heard him. The, the transfer window is windows right now. Worst know? take I've ever heard <laughs> like in my life. Personal reasons. Personal reasons I'm going to spend $400 million. That's it. Bingo. <laughs> Crummy take Casey. Or That's or the $1.2 2 right billion. Right I was like, how much it's is like Manchester 4 United $4 billion. Dollars. I think we just saw this the other day. It's like $4.5 billion. It's a good take. Casey. Yeah. That was not your best. No. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was mixing your love for Chelsea whole in with thing. the NFL and ESPN 690. Well, it's better than YouTube. We Hool- got hooligans. We got, we got confirmed <laughs> from People <laughs> Magazine. Hooligans. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to Mag- call you a lot of other Casey. things that weren't hooligans, and I didn't know what to <laughs> yeah, do in really the really did freeze up in the moment. Casey, People Magazine says that there's $600 million on the line in their divorce. Manchester, I'm sorry, Chelsea, right? That's who we're talking about, or no, Manchester? No, we're talking about Manchester United. Manchester United is worth $4.6 billion. The 0. .6 in the cost for Manchester is the entire divorce conversation Perfect. for the Bradys. He doesn't have the money for Manchester United. He's got United. some other rich people, it's fine. Brady can hardly pay Ronaldo. Or
0: That'd whoever take. you said it was. Were we supposed to laugh?
1: No. Oh. He's just making a point. I mean, but He could probably road. couldn't afford
0: him. Yes, he could. It's not like that. That was a great
1: take. It was not a good thing You know, thing. do the show without me then Like, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> Casey's taking his ball and going home I'll go you know, home you know, what the, you know what the number one sign of he a great take is? Out. He can't take it. No, he cannot You know what the number one Casey sign Casey just dipped to it too <laughs> <laughs> Number one sign of a great take Is when you have to tell everyone how great a take it is <laughs> That's what you've been doing for the last two weeks But it's fine <laughs> Two weeks? Try 42 years, bro Hey, try that one on Middleton See how that works
0: Middleton doesn't even know soccer's a
1: sport <laughs> <laughs> Tell me buying the Lakers <laughs> and and LeBron no connections there. I don't know what the, it's got to be some it's 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 obviously a pretty uh, serious thing with Brady. It's clearly personal or else he would say because I'm sure like fans are freaking out that he's walking away but like unprecedented, right? You don't see this.
0: If he ends up buying Manchester United, Brent, you have to quit. You <laughs> have
1: to quit. <laughs> Let's make, let's make a bet. Especially during <laughs> football, football season. Okay. <laughs> okay. But that's a big part for you the bet
0: You have to quit ESPN 690 if... Fine. He, okay. By the way, like Please. there goes like half your salary, too. Oh, <laughs> <shakes>. Half?
1: <laughs> half? <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Three quarters. Brent, you yeah. have to quit TV. No, yeah. I'm not quitting TV. Yeah, we'll see. with There goes ESPN ESPN a lot of my salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, crypto is not in good enough shape to quit TV on a bet. Looking a little better, though. A little better. It's a little better. Day by day. That's climbing it. out Trending of that hole. Up. We might have reached the bottom. <laughs> climbing out of that hole. Okay. Day by day. Come on. Uh, so, <laughs> Fred Martin. Oh, Casey. Kurtz. I
0: can't wait. It's going to pop up on the bottom line. Here we Oh.
1: How about this? If they buy Manchester United, uh-huh. like I'll have to like sell your show. <laughs> That's not bad. Casey, get underwritten. You get paid. Minimum what? of you know the man to J on your show. Oh, 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 dang!
0: What do I mean? What do you mean? I know the man can do it.
1: Yeah, he's he's capable of getting this money done. <laughs> this man's a closer. I'm just trying to make a bet that like seems All ridiculous. Right. He's like the Let's Dennis Eckersley of radio sales, but I'm not quitting. No, I, I need you. You're right. Man, yeah, I don't want to make Jacksonville that bad. I'll go. They'll be fine. I'll go <laughs> with the 10K. Love him in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, We'll see what happens, but they ain't buying mention. I <laughs> stepped away from the team. That would be straight out of, like, some Ted Lasso scale The weirdest <laughs> development in sports history. It really would. Like, maybe it is smart. <laughs> yeah. oh That'd be God. awesome. I, wait. I, mean, this, I feel like we're watching a movie or a documentary on <laughs> Apple+. Plus. Apple TV Plus. Can I you imagine? Plus. By the way, the thirty for thirty. This is going to be the opening scene
0: of the movie. Oh or the man, thing. that would be actually cool. Because I'm the first person that. that suggested it. Boom, we're on thirty for thirty. Next thing you know, the show blows up. I don't need Brent's 10K. I got plenty more. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> Hell, 30 I'm for Coach coaching Manchester
1: United. I've always supported Tom Brady, so you should put me in the beginning of. Literally, that. <laughs> go back to the first hour of the show. Go <laughs> back to the first I'm hour. Of you. The thirty fan. for thirty. Yes, I'm a big Brady <laughs> fan. Big yeah. supporter.
0: Okay, then we're doubling down, Aaron. If this happens, you have to get a TB12 tat on your bald head. Yeah, I'll
1: easily do that. On the head. But that'd be actually a better bet. I got to get TB12. I, I get nothing out of it. Yeah, it's true. You take a 10K.
0: Yeah, I'll 10K from you, and then baldhead Aaron will get TB12.
1: Okay. Can we get some sticky notes for this bet bucket? Like, my bucket's right there, but I got no sticky notes. He's got sticky notes. He's uh, hoarding them. Uh, This is an off-air conversation. Oh. oh. Sounds uh, like <laughs> someone's upset. <laughs> yeah. I've asked for Meter, pens, Meter, paper, sticky notes. One. I've asked for so many office supplies. Way, Never along, get them. along with your 10K, I'll get you some pens. Lifetime supply Thank you There we go uh, Are we having Jeff Colhane, new play-by-play guy on for Florida State at 420? Yeah So does that mean we're going to break before?
2: Said or are we going to keep it do. He
1: said he had a 4 o'clock meeting and that it wouldn't take too long We said 420 just to give him a little bit of time he didn't break early Well, so let's put a quick take today Casey, you were out there I, was, I went man. out there, I was out there just for a short time Florida State, by the way, spirited, huh? I mean, you get out of the car in the parking lot, which I, is across the street, and you can't even lively. see what's going on, it's lively. I'll tell you
0: up. what, I I might run through a wall for Mike Norvell. <laughs> I mean, he is yelling constantly. The energy is so high. His coaches do it with him. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of energy with that team, and Mike Norvell leads them, which is why, like, to see it in action is one thing at practice because, like, that's something that we can't do when they're in Tallahassee, so we see it a couple of days a year. But it's the same practice. Mike Norvell's still hot and hype, and – I, I don't know. I like Mike Norvell for a lot of reasons. This is not one of them, but to see this in person, I'm like, you know what? This guy could motivate me, and nobody motivates me.
1: Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> say this. <laughs> That's true. We've tried. Yeah. At <laughs> not. we don't motivate you. That's not, not even right. close. Yeah, Mike
0: Norvell in here. I'll run through the wall. But Apparently. Norvell,
1: uh, you know, it's interesting you bring up Norvell. First of all, I thought the spirited work was good. I'm going to give you just a quick impression because it relates to last year. Last year when I went out there to this, and here's the deal, the FSU uh, Seminoles football team is here for a few days. They just like to get away from Tallahassee, mix it up. And I thought it was kind of odd they came back to UNF two years in a row, but it shows you that they really liked it last year. They practiced this morning. They practiced tomorrow morning. It's not open to the public, but it's a little getaway. Then they'll scrimmage on Saturday. We'll have Jeff Colhane, the new play-by-play voice uh, coming on here in just a few minutes. But last year when I went over there, I was like, my goodness, like they don't look like they can get off the bus and beat the best in in college football. Mm. You know, there is a look to that. Like, Alabama's always had the look. Clemson, when they got good, had the look, right? They now jumped into that equation. Ohio State's always been there. When Florida was good, they were there. Georgia, with all their recruiting in recent years, even before they won the national title, they were get off the bus good. And that doesn't mean everything. But in big-boy football, that certainly means something. Like, I say that right now about the Jags. The Jags have athletes that they have never had, or, or at least recently. Like, they just look the part so much better. They have more of those guys. They not only just have Josh Allen, they have Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd as well. A Lewican's a physical presence as a fast linebacker. So, that does matter. Like, I mean, it's bigger, faster, stronger. That's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So, that matters. And I really thought... My eyes just said, wow, Florida State has a long way to go in that department. I think they look a lot better in that respect today. I I just noticed a big jump. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what that means. Like, I'm not saying that's a jump in two wins. I'm just saying they look more the part. They look more like the Florida State Seminoles should look. And then you beef up the energy and everything else. The other thing, you brought up Norvell. Mike Norvell gets rave reviews. Hmm. I'm telling you, rave reviews. Like, you t- go around and talk to people that know the program better and that were there and watching and, or are associated with it, and there are a few different people, some actually, um, that, that used to be with the Jags now at, in Florida State, and they love this guy. The energy he does bring, Casey, the attention to detail. It's electric. You know, the fun. way that he treats people, like those things. And, again, doesn't buy you championships doesn't mean you're going to win the ACC. Doesn't mean you're going to be in the top ten in the country. But these are things that Florida State, quite frankly, were void of after the the great success of Jimbo Fisher, and then he kind of helped run it into the ground. And Willie Taggart, and now these are all the things Mike Norvell has had to build back up. Yeah. We said it today at lunch. We had lunch with Jeff Cole and said, when it goes, it goes fast now because they went from the mountaintop to the valley, to the depths. You know, yeah. big in in like three years, two different coaches. Three years, boom. They were, and so Mike Norvell has been tasked with building all this back up, from culture to uh, identity to relationships to talent. To and he's still got a long way to go. Quite frankly, I don't think he's there. And, mm-hmm. and so that's not to tell you that Florida State has arrived, but they've come back up from a little bit of the depths. We saw Florida have to do this after the Will Muschamp era, and then even a little bit with Jim McElwain. And give credit to uh, Billy Napier. No. Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen for doing that and getting back to winning ways. It does seem like. Now they might be in
0: it again. Who
1: knows? But I mean, give credit to him. But Norvell has had to do that. He was tasked with having to do that. And quite frankly, they just haven't won enough football games. Mullen was able to win football games. Do you think now in the new age of NIL that Florida State will be able to build that program back up to where it was? No, I think actually it hurts them more because they don't have the the, The booster. They don't have the, the treasure chest that a lot of these schools do. So it, it might actually hurt. That's a good question. I don't know. But it's certainly part of the game. I've definitely wondered that over the last year or two. Like, who are these teams that were historically always in the AP Top 25 who are just going to disappear from our radar because of this? It's got to be these state schools. It, it could be. I mean, good football teams will always have boosters, but these private schools will always have bigger well, boosters than those state is, schools. What's interesting is three years ago you would have this conversation you would say the same maybe about a Miami well, now Miami, like all of a sudden, the checkbook opened up in a Bad big game. time way in the last oh, yeah. year or so, yeah. and it's like, whoa! So, FSU could. I mean, FSU's got alumni and sure. and that that they can deep dig into those pockets if needed. But, again, the money's a little different. They're playing a different money game, if we're being honest, than most of the schools in the area or the region that exist in the SEC and even the ACC partner of Clemson. Like, they're playing a different money game right now than those guys. And I don't think it's necessarily, like, how much alumni do you have or how rich, but, like, how much does the alumni care about winning the football? Yeah. Yeah. How much do they need to get back to that? And I think, uh, who knows? But Mike Norvell... It's funny, it's like I kinda of think he's the guy, but will he run out of time? Yeah, that's
0: the question I think. I think he is the guy. But I you can't listen, you lose to Jacksonville State, is that who they lost to? Yeah, for? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Right. Can't can't have that happen again. But I think they have to continue to give him the time because really it's been a couple of years and honestly I'm surprised he's still there because of how fast coaches are getting fired. But I hope they keep him around because I really think he is building something pretty good. Like, the recruits he has coming in, he's very good in the transfer portal. The quarterback play has been the thing for him. Jordan Travis is his guy. I I mean, today, just watching out there, granted, it's one practice, they ain't got much else.
1: No, their def- and that defense was way better than the offense today. Yeah, right? uh, that was... The, like, way better.
0: Like, we're going we're gonna to ask about that, be- or I'm going to ask about that because if they look like that every day on offense... It wasn't good. It was their red zone today was. Red
1: zone's hard. Red zone's hard for the offense anyway. Defense usually can shine. We see it at Jags as well. I mean, so it's hard one just to identify and say, now your offense stinks because we saw that. But I do think we got to remember now, Norvell's an offensive guy. He, he got Memphis cooking to score 45 points a game or whatever it was. He needs to, but he, as you're an offensive guy, you need to move that offense. At times last year, they were able to do that. I thought that was the plus side of last year where they were able to score in the 30, finally get some points, you know. Uh, But then they have these lapses as well where it's like, oh, my gosh, this looks so bad. But that all centers around quarterback play. The bottom line here, if Florida, if Florida State, if Miami are going to figure this thing out and be a perennial contender, they better go get themselves some damn good quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And ever since Jimbo's time when he had the three guys at one time, like, he had a Georgia situation, essentially – Back in, like, I don't know, 14 or 15, mm-hmm. they've had nothing. Yeah. And they're missing on recruits, too, in some of those categories. Well. That's the one vacant spot. Uh, that, and you got to beef up the trenches. And I think Norvell's done a better job of beefing up that offensive line. I, I, I think, think that's where I see he's done a better job than previous regimes because Florida State really suffered for, like, seven or eight years on the offensive line, it felt like. I mean, it was bad. Anyway, we got the new play-by-play guy joining us. Talk a little more FSU. Jeff Colhane. He will uh, join us next on ESPN 690. The Knowles are in town in Jacksonville, and ESPN 690 is your official home for of Florida State football and basketball.
2: is that the jacksonville jaguars make the playoffs i know damian woody told me earlier in the show that i was nuts but i think trevor lawrence is going to just explode this year i think doug peterson yeah. is, a, is a great coach and exactly the right coach that they need and, and a massive massive upgrade obviously over what
1: they had last year i wouldn't be surprised if the jaguars uh, made some noise is that dan graziano yeah I can't go that far with the Jags. Even me. Yeah. Sunshine and Rainbows guy. Yeah, that might be the news person in you, though. Nah, I don't think. It's just that I've, uh, that's the scarred me. Like, I like to keep it real. Listen, I have no problem being positive. A positive guy drama by nature. Yeah. But I also, I, I don't want to just say it. say. I, I don't believe it until I see it anymore either. I, sure, I can sit here and tell you, I think there was a lot of, there's a lot of good to buy into. Really for the Jags, there really is. But the reality is, they've won four games in the last two years combined. There has been hype and good to buy into in the past, and we just don't have enough proven commodities in Jacksonville. Even Trevor himself, he hasn't done it on Sundays enough to say, "Wow, look what we can expect." It's just too much unknown. So I think it's, I think there's some, uh, there's some things that could trend on occasion that you can really say, you know what? I think this is going to happen. I just don't think there's enough with the Jags to say that. Like, you just don't know. Do I think this is going to be a three-win team? No. I think this is a six-win team at minimum because I do think they have talent. At a minimum. And I think they were restrained by the regime last year, mostly Urban Meyer. And they've added more talent this year. So, I think from a logical standpoint, do I see them winning three more games this year? Absolutely. I think Doug Peterson's got one <laughs> under his belt to win. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be better, so that's one for him. And I think the roster's the defense, better. Yeah. So... I get three more wins just by default. I can I can sell you that. I think I can. I think I, I think you can buy that. What I can't do is say hey, they're going to win nine. Like I just I can't do that. Like I don't know. Like they could still do pretty well and not win nine. And I think like nine would be like their ultimate ceiling. Yeah, that's a significant step like, forward. Yeah, like, they're really probably their ceiling might be an eight win team. They don't know how to win yet. Like they, there's a lot of stuff that they, and they don't have depth. So if they lose guys, so anyway, it's a lot like what we were just talking about with Florida State that's right like you can you can want to buy into things you can see hey this is flipping and turning and there's some momentum but to sit here and say Florida State's going to win nine games that would be kind of asinine really right I mean they've shown nothing to tell you that they can get to nine with the schedule they're going to play hmm. and so I think that's very difficult uh to do there's a there's a difference in, in being able to sell you on nine and being able to sell you on six or seven. Yeah, well, especially know? college football. Yeah, Absolutely. And same thing with the Jazz. There's a difference between selling you on nine and saying, hey, I think seven is really reasonable, and here's why. Uh, nine is a pipe dream right now and pie in the sky. Uh, let's see what this guy has to say about Florida State Seminoles. Not a lot of scar tissue when it comes to the Knowles because he's a new, bo- new play-by-play voice uh, at Florida State. We welcome in Jeff Cohen. We had him on uh, when he first got the gig a couple months ago, and now he's been in Tallahassee a bit. He's been in Jacksonville today because the Knowles are at the University of North Florida. Brent Martin Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Hey, good to see you today. Good to meet you today as we had a little lunch with Jeff. And uh, what do you think about this Florida State team?
2: Gentlemen, good to talk to you once again. Yeah, lunch was great, and uh, great to be in the tremendous city of Jacksonville. Um, I-, I would give you six. Give you six that I can sell right now for Florida State, and the goal is obviously to get back to a bowl. I don't think six. Obviously, six isn't the goal, but I'll give you six right now that I, that I can sell you on. I think you obviously start with Duquesne, Boston College at home. If Sam Hartman is indeed out for Wake Forest on October 1 with everything he's dealing with, and hopefully it's it's nothing too serious for, for his well-being. I'll take Wake Forest. That's three. Give me Georgia Tech, four. Syracuse, five. And Louisiana, six. And so I can sell you on six. After that, I think there's a path to eight, and a lot of it depends on the health of Jordan Travis and the health of the Florida State. Offensive line. That's that's where I'll start with the Dolls in 2022. You guys are starting.
1: Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and I, I like where you go in there, and I and I think you get it. It's like, yeah, you can. You just said, hey, I think they can beat this team, this team, this team, this team, and maybe if things get clicking and Jordan Travis plays well, they stay healthy, and Mike Norvell uh, and, and his culture and everything he's trying to build takes another leap, then, hey, maybe we steal a couple. Like, that's doable. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but trying to yeah. sell, like, even the Noles' base on 10 would be a little ridiculous. Uh, Jordan Travis is the guy, right, Jeff? I mean, he is the man, and they need him to stay upright, and they need him to perform well. All signs out of Mike Norvell is this guy has really taken a big step since last year in a lot of different areas
2: yeah i mean i'm you know jordan travis is the guy uh he is as i've been able to watch him he is someone that is obviously very physically gifted uh as an athlete and he has made strides forward throwing the football that i think uh, have been very impressive through fall camp aaron and You know, I I think with every quarterback, no matter if they're dubbed a dual threat guy or if they're your your traditional drop back passer, the the consistency and the accuracy piece is always something you want those guys to improve upon. And I I think I just look to the games that Jordan played in when he was healthy last year and the playmaking ability that he has at this level and, um, and just the heart that he showed as well in some of these games. You know, the Florida game, the kid was beat up. And he still came back and still fought and, and battled through injury and made that a three-point game late uh, in Gainesville, uh, ultimately won by the Gators, obviously. But uh, I think he's a tremendous talent. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that this is someone that is going to be up for the Heiden Trophy at the end of the year. But if Jordan Travis stays healthy, I think he – I really do. I think he has the ability to, to play and, and win games on his own because he's that special of a talent. I think he's that good.
1: Out there at practice today, Jeff Cohen with us, uh, play-by-play voice of the uh, Florida State Seminoles. It looked like the defense was really flying around, and we've seen that a little bit at Jags practice this time of year. People say defense is ahead. Yeah. We saw the red zone area quite a bit, too, like at least at the time we were there. So uh, the defense usually has a, a, an instilled advantage anyway in the red zone. But uh, do they like the defense? Do they, do they think that will be be a unit that can keep them in games and maybe even steal a few games with turnovers and big plays?
2: Yeah, Brett, I, I would tell you, you know, Adam Fuller, Florida State's defensive coordinator and, and Randy Shannon, uh, named co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach of the offseason, uh, those guys ha- have been very, very enthusiastic about this, this group. And Adam Fuller said in the offseason, through all my years of coaching, I've never been more excited about a group or a unit that I've been in charge of than this Florida State defense right now. And, look, I I love the secondary. You know, I know everybody says it starts up front. It starts in the trenches, and we'll get there in a second. But I think there are nine or ten guys that can legitimately line up and play for Florida State in the secondary this year and play effectively and play well. And I think Jamie Robinson is one of the best defensive players in the country coming off a tremendous season last year. Uh, The guy is up for almost every defensive award watch list he can be a part of, preseason, all-ACC. I think he has a chance to be uh, an All-American, and they've got some younger guys that they they won battles in uh, recruiting on guys like Azaria Thomas at a Niceville, Sam McCall at a Lakeville, Lake Gibson High School. These are four and five-star rated corners that are true freshmen who who potentially will play and have the talent to play as true freshmen here this year. Uh, defensively up front, I don't know if he can replace Jermaine Johnson with what he did a year ago. Right, I mean. Defensive player of the year in the ACC, first-round pick of the New York Jets, and Kier Thomas certainly made some things happen as well. But I think they're going to have to do it by committee early in the season with Jared Burse and Derek McClendon and Dennis Briggs back off of an injury middle of the year last year, moved to the defensive end spot uh, from defensive tackle. And I'll give you a name to watch that people in the state know and fans around Uh, the the state know well, that's UCF transfer Tatum Bethune at linebacker. I mean, this is a guy that was coached by Randy Shannon in Orlando and made his way up to Tallahassee, knows for the football, always around the action, and has had a tremendous camp to this point thus far. Yeah, I think Florida State's defense uh, very opportunistic and to, as you said at the end, they're going to have a chance to uh, help this team win a ton of games and be in big games late this season.
1: Looking back at the offense, Jeff. What about a kid like Jay Sean Corbin? What are you expecting from him this year? Obviously, had some exciting moments last year. What are you hoping to see there?
2: Uh, well, I, Jay Sean, I believe, moved on. Correct? From was he uh, not on the roster anymore?
1: I thought he was yeah. a junior this year. I'm sorry, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, moved on. I think he's in Giants camp, I believe, or was a, a 3 agent signing of the uh, of the Giants. But well, running back room by committee. I, I like it, Aaron. I like I like what they have there. Trey Benson transfers in. Uh, from uh, from Oregon, you also have TreShaun Ward, Lawrence Oafeli, as well. And I think there's a young guy by the name of Rodney Hill at a Statesboro in Georgia that has had some good moments in fall camp thus far. I'm not going to tell you he's going to play a bunch of refs or come out and have a great year, but man, he has uh, shown flashes and done some really nice things. I feel like in fall camp at this point thus far. And the thing about the offense, guys, is uh, you know Mike Norvell and this staff understood some of the shortcomings this group had, and I think they did a great job in recruiting and in the transfer portal along the offensive line and a wide receiver uh, to help fill some of the void and some of the needs there. And guys like Micah Pittman out of Tampa, certainly everybody recognizes the last name, Johnny Wilson from Arizona State, uh, and then Deuce Fan from Illinois are all guys a wide receiver, and they did some really good things along the offensive line as well. So, uh, Mike Norvell identified some of the shortcomings, and uh, I think they like what they see on the offensive side so far early this season.
1: Is Mike Norvell going out and grabbing some of these wide receiver kids something you trust in him more just because of his experience working with wide receivers throughout his career, whether it be at Tulsa, Arizona State, working with yeah. the offense, really focusing on that wide receiver room? Uh, it kind of gives you a little more faith in him uh, picking these kids out.
2: Yeah, he's an offensive guy, right? I mean, he, he scored a ton of points everywhere he's been, his Memphis team's, uh, lit the world on fire on that side of the football and he's obviously been at places like Arizona State and Pitt where they had a lot of success uh, with the system and, and throwing it and, and incorporating the running game in that facet as well and you know you recruit these guys and you stay connected with them and now that we're in the transfer portal era I, I just think you're constantly in communication with the guys that that you wanted originally right and so it never stops you just continue to monitor everybody and their situation overall, and, and the transfer portal has affected every program in college athletics over the last year, over the last couple of years or so. So, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right with with his background of what he wants and who he wants on the off- offensive side of the football. He's brought in a lot of different body wide receivers with you know some of the smaller slot guys like Micah Pittman, like we talked about. Johnny Wilson's at six seven, can high point the football and, and go up and make plays in the red zone. And Deuce Span used to be a quarterback and a, and a, and a dual-threat guy at that. They're getting the ball, him the ball, put him in great spots, if need be, to uh, to do some uh, impressive things on the offensive side.
1: Jeff Klein with us, play-by-play play voice of the uh, Florida State Seminoles. And uh, obviously you've done your homework, man. I know you had to get acclimated to this whole situation. You've only been around uh, Tallahassee for a couple of months and around this football team, but obviously doing a fantastic uh, job there. You said something that's pretty interesting, that the bodies. Uh, the guys that he went out and got from a recruiting standpoint, but also a transfer portal standpoint. And I said it before you came on in the last segment, the the get-off-the-bus look of the Knowles last year at UNF when they had this practice wasn't that great. I think now you look at the the get-off-the-bus team of Florida State, Today at UNF I see a market improvement So that is a good sign Again I mean this is like I don't want to say baby steps But it's a climb back up And all those things have to happen When you've struggled a little bit And I guess the next part of that Jeff is I think He's known as a good recruiter He's going to bring good players in But sooner or later they're going to have to find that guy right? The guy At at the signal caller position And hopefully that comes sooner than later
2: yeah, I, you know they obviously had to improve in in all phases, in all areas, and you know tip your with the strength staff with with Coach Storms and Coach Farniak, I mean, they really, I know they in, in the off season they put these guys through the ringer and got after them and and let them know that five and seven obviously wasn't good enough a season ago, and so you have to get better, you have to look better you, you, if you want to be a team that you expect to be a team of excellence like Florida state has had in decades past. and you want to get back to that point, you you have to, you have to do it in all phases. And, you know, I think it's kind of tough in in a lot of ways and I'm not making excuses. I think it's just the reality. You come into a program that was already in in the situation that Florida state was in guys and and kind of heading in the head in the wrong direction. And you come in during COVID as well, looking to implement a different culture, different, you know, a different direction. And, and, Brent, we talked about it earlier. You know, you guys just got – the NFL just got out of COVID protocols this year to get everybody back in the same building and working. It's hard to do that in year one. And so you feel that, connect, that connection, guys, with, uh, within the program and the belief of what Mike Norvell has been discussing and what he's been selling uh, with, his, uh, with his approach. And it's palpable right now for FSU.
1: Yeah, we know it's a bottom-line business, but we said that, too, earlier, and we talked about it as well, Jeff. Uh, I mean, they like this guy. Uh, Mike Norvell's an easy guy to like. There's a good feel about it. He's attention to detail. He can recruit. He's going to put some points on the board once they get the horses and where he, he needs to be. So there's a lot to buy into with Norvell. And, again, we know you, you only have so much time. But hopefully that turner, uh, that corner really starts to turn uh, coming up here in 2022. All right, uh, hey, you're two weeks away from making the debut. So, I know. I mean, you're getting excited, you get the family moving in, coming in. I mean, you just had a, a newborn. I mean, heck, this has been what a what a year, what a summer for Jeff Cole. Hey, <laughs> a whirlwind, yeah.
2: Guys, I, I I can't wait. Hopefully, this time next year, I'm looking at you, and uh, I'm not talking about uh, movers or talking about couches being too big for crates. You're talking about We're baby just talking number three about life. No we're not heck no. No, that's not happening. Not going back to the well, huh?
1: <laughs> what comes first? Maybe number three or national championship No, yeah, the Noles. I mean, That's come right. On.
2: I'll tell you this right now. National championship for the Knolls is coming before February. Oh, wow.
1: hope <laughs> your wife is listening. <laughs> but,
2: uh, she hey is probably not her head right now. <laughs> from driving down to, to, to Tallahassee from Fargo with a three-year-old and a six-year-old boy. So. You know what? She yeah. would
1: agree with you on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, great to have you on. Good to catch up with you today. Enjoy the uh, rest of the trip here in Jacksonville. Scrimmage for the Knolls on Saturday, by the way, in Tallahassee. And then seriously, two weeks away. From here in the Knowles right here on ESPN 694. to state opens against Duquesne before the big matchup against LSU on Labor Day weekend. Jeff, always fun catching up. We'll do it some more uh, here this fall. Good luck.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate
1: you. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Jeff Cul- Culhane, we've had him on a couple times. Uh, nice guy. New guy to the Knowles eardrums, right? Uh, Of course, with uh, the great Gene Deckerhoff, he's taken over for him, Jacksonville guy. Uh, But a lot of credit to uh, Jeff. It was pretty cool. Like He he wanted to meet up and and get to meet everybody over here in the Jacksonville area while he was here. And it was fun to catch up uh, with him. And he's going to do a great job. Already pushing out a lot more content on the Knowles' uh, website and social media channels. His official title is Director of Broadcasting. So they've got some podcasts and uh, recaps of practices that you've probably already seen and followed if you're a big Knowles fan. So uh, keep an eye on Jeff Colhane and, again, his uh, debut. And coming up against Duquesne on August 27th, you'll hear the games all fall right here on ESPN 690. We take a break. We'll be right back here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. ESPN <laughs> 690
2: Yankees were dominating through this whole year. They have gone through a hiccup, and that's part of a long season in baseball, but they do got to clean some stuff up, and you know how it goes. A chip in a chair. Once you're in the postseason, it doesn't matter what you look like on paper. It doesn't matter how many guys on on your team are making over millions and millions of dollars. You got to execute, and you got to win the baseball game.
1: We're the Field of Dreams game tonight. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. I like when they do that. Who was that, Brent?
0: Uh um, Very recognizable voice. You should know. Covered him. I mean. Cowboy Up, Brent. Uh, uh, wow. That, you are not Kevin a good Millar? Yeah, you are not a good Red Sox fan. Well, I Cowboy th- Up should have clicked Brent Martin. No. Holy cow.
1: Kevin Millar with Um with what is he on? M L B network? Yeah. So I don't equate him with ESPN. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, But those boy, those guys had him on today, huh? They did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar's a fun guy. He was fun back then. Probably got a lot more out of, like, I don't know how good Kevin Millar really was. <laughs> you think he overperformed on the Red Sox? I think he's, like, I don't know, like, legend, if you will. He's not legend, but, like, how you feel about him was probably better than his performance. You know what I mean? Like there are some guys like that. I'll give you another guy in the Red Sox like that. Like uh how's this case? Like Kevin Eucalis? Nah, you was pretty good. You think he was like good? I gave you Brett Phillips. Well, Brett that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Like that's the greatest. Yeah. But it is. did Brett Phillips play well like two years ago?
0: Nah, he got one hit. It was a walk off in the World <laughs> Series and he kinda just kinda carried that You're with him. Tired.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And I might be downplaying Kevin Millar, too. Let me check me check. No, on Millar. you're not. Like, Millar is just an okay guy, right? But yeah. he was like this personality of the yeah. the idiots. Yeah, 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 he was. Euclid, though, was good. Euclid was a good player. I for him hated Euclid. See, God. the best part about Euclid is what you just said. Because people hated him. Yes. Like, you love him when he's on your team, uh, but they hated him. Hated but that's him. what that's makes gritty teams sometimes. I feel like yeah. that was most of that Red Sox roster throughout the late 90s, early 2000s. Terrible. Yeah. There was a little God, bit dude, of that, that on them. Gross. Let me give you the best year for Millar. So, let's see, it was 314 with the Marlins back in the day, Three oh two ninety seven 297 in 2004. Gosh, my eyes are bad. 20 home runs, 25 home runs. Yeah, he hit 20 home runs, like, three different times. But, again, like, nothing great. I mean, he hit 297 for the Sox in 04. So, he had his really nice 18 homers and 74 RBI. But didn't you feel like he was even better than that based on personality? I always felt like he was, like, a, one of these glue guys. Yeah, I think so. I think he was, like, in a leader of the team and... And, he, you know, he, was kind of, he wasn't kind of—he was afraid of anything. And that was a big part of that 2014. For the, They weren't afraid of the Yankees. Yeah. There's a fear of the Yankees. They were coming off, like, all the success for six, seven years. They still had the nucleus of that team. He wasn't afraid of the Yankees. No and, way. Well, nobody really on that Red Sox Yeah, so you see. had a bunch of people on that team who couldn't give a, a rip what team they were playing. They were going to go out there. That's been their... kind of the fun part of watching a little bit of the Jeter stuff, as you see sprinkled in. Good and bad, I guess. Um, from that standpoint. Hey, no, tomorrow we... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, Euclid is doing broadcast now for Boston. He's like in the booth sometimes. Is he with like Nesson or something? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Can't stand him still. And is Veritex on the staff, right? Tex a coach, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got, yeah, He yeah. Got a little, little... He needs a few more salads these days. Whoa, what? What? <laughs> Um, Casey wasn't a fan of that. Of playing this,
0: no nah, man, that's that's not right. What you just did to Veritek, like what Millar, sure he was a bench player most of the time, didn't play a lot. Veritek was behind the dish for years. Yeah, that man has earned it. it. He wore the C on his jersey he like did. a bum. Catching. That was the worst. You don't play hockey, Tech. You play baseball. So <laughs> get the C off the jersey. Respect the game, though. Respect the game. But we got to get the C off the jersey. Hated that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I hated the red. Same Reds. to fan. Alex Rodriguez moment. Yep. For for Veritech. It's true. Always live in the lore. Catchers will often plump up a little bit. That and with the position. could you blame them? How do
0: they even stand and sit with those knees? Yeah. After everything they've been through, you're going to you. disrespect them,
1: Brett? That's a horrible take. I'm not disrespecting. I love Veritech. I'm just saying.
0: You said a eat a salad, <laughs> buddy. That's
1: what you literally said. <laughs> I, uh, I got to eat a salad, too. I mean, Holy cow. probably Aaron should eat one or two. One. Oh. Hey, <laughs> to eat the whole bush. Casey doesn't get it yet, because Casey's still, what, 18 years old? Yeah, see, this is the problem though. That's another person
0: we're not going to have on the show, because you called Veritech Fat, and I need him on a set card, Brent. So what are we doing here? Uh, we can make it This is the
1: same situation. Appreciate I appreciate uh, my honesty. I got a brother-in-law who loves lifting weights. Big kid, yoked up. Big muscles, huge neck. It's a big specimen. And I'm looking at him going, yeah, it's all fun and games, eating three pounds of pasta every day to try and catch up with your weightlifting, but uh, wait until the day after you turn 30. <laughs> it's all going to fall we'll off Talk you. about that old guy stuff too much, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm living it, not just talking about it. I was looking at pictures of myself with my wife from 10 years ago, and I weigh roughly the same, Brent. I'm telling you, it's like within five pounds. Yeah, the weight gets distributed different it's now. It's different now. It's, It is kind of crazy. Like, you can tell when you start losing muscle mass, mm-hmm. because you do weigh the same. Like, I weigh the same as I did, like, a year and a half ago, but I'm nowhere near in, like, the shape that I was. Yeah, man. Like, Totally different. Quite frankly, me in case you're disappointed, Brent. <laughs> you can use a salad or two. <laughs> you can eat I've been trying. You eat. and Salads. Veritech at the salad Salads bar. Salads and cheez It. I'll tell you what, I don't know about a salad, but I just housed the skirt steak at Sound- Cantina <laughs> Rio. Sound- sounds, like, sounds like it will be me, Veritech, and Jack Del Rio, I guess, at like <laughs> in the salad bar. Del Rio. <laughs> Although, these days, I can't go with Jack to the salad bar. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Dangerous. Hey, <laughs> uh, got Carathon coming up. Uh, I do want to ask you to think about this. Feel the dreams. Do you like the game? In case you're a baseball guy, get that answer ready. Just want to tell people about Carathon coming up tomorrow on uh, Cox Media Group and all the stations, WOKV. Rich Jones, spearheading a lot of it, but it's the entire group. Oh, yeah. Big building initiative here to help child cancer fund. And uh, get this number ready, 855-636-6877. Or how about this? You can do star star 1045 from your cell phone. That's probably the easy number, right? Star star 1045 from your cell phone number. Any donations obviously will help. 28th year of the Child Cancer Fund. You can bid on items as well at ESPN690.com. That's true. And uh, ChildCancerFund.org for more information. But it will be a day of testimonies, a day of raising dollars. It'll be in many ways a uh, fantastic day tomorrow to help all these families, uh, but obviously that are in in a uh, tough situation. So uh, hopefully you can... Help a little bit. And uh, during the show, we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. But on all our stations, including yours, you get us going in the morning, 96.9. And uh, then, of course, over on uh, 104.5 WKV. And right here on ESPN 690, you can uh, participate in Carathon. So that is on the way. Feel the dreams game. You like it, Casey? Sure. It's fine, you know the first like, time. Like, how's it just fine? Like, isn't it awesome? It's. I think it was it's great. Tremendous. The first time. Tremendous. Yeah. Like you. So, did you think it should have been just a one-time? Yeah. Deal? yeah Why? I'm a big really? One-timer. Yeah. I don't know. Baseball is like the land of traditionalists. It's the one sport where like people hate to change it the most. But talk about a sport in need of a venue change sometime.
0: Yeah, but like, here's the thing. So last year I was excited, <laughs> right? I was here then. We, I had already started at that point, and we were like hyping it up. And I watched the whole thing, nine innings. Uh, dude got walked off. It was it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable.
1: It's not gonna. It's not gonna be the same this year. Well, that's true. We've but, already seen it. But like, we know what we're getting. Okay, but let me ask you this: the home run derby is fun to watch every year, right? I was watching the Bachelorette, as you remember. The home run okay. derby is fun to watch. The home run derby yes. has become fun to watch. Absolutely, and and it's not the same. Sometimes it's better than others. Oh yeah. So, like, this is okay, man. This is great. Like, we love people love this movie. They, the, the idea of where they're playing this game, everything that goes into this game, it's cool. And so, you, to your point, to have a different setting, a different venue, and it's just something super organic about this game, even though it's kind of manufactured. You know, how often do you get that when you know it's manufactured? Well, baseball, but it still yeah. feels organic, but not to not to use your point against you, Brent. Before you run off to commercials, but that's kind of how I feel about live golf. It's like it's nice to have the venue change, different kinds of games, make the sport a little bit different every now and then. Please don't ever compare it <laughs> to the It's <creativity. laughs> all upset now. Live golf. I'm just saying, venue change isn't always about the field. Sometimes it's about the rules or the game. I like when they do like the one-offs, the little switches. Do I want to watch the whole thing of live golf? Only live golf? No, but it is kind of cool when things that have been around forever get changed up a little. Bit. Remember last year when they put the drone through the house? <laughs> Remember that? I remember that. That was awesome. That cool. I hope the they do that again. Cool, man. Yeah. Bring Kevin Costner back again, baby. <laughs> we'll be back. Football at 5 on ESPN 690.